You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey guys, what's going on? Hope that you are having a fantastic week. We are starting a new subthread this week entitled Yours, Mine, and Ours. Um, the entire series is going to be focusing on uh, different aspects of giving, of using what we have, and stewardship. And stewardship is the word that we are going to focus on this week. Um I just want to get something out of the way right here at the beginning is that oftentimes when we we think about the word stewardship, we think about money. And that is 100% true. We are called to be good stewards with the money that we have, the money that we've been given. But I, I want to kill that frame of mind right off the top and say stewardship is so much more um, than, than financial stewardship. And so the lens that I want to look at is the lens or the lens that I want to use is this, is managing something for someone else. So we would use that definition. As the, as the lens at which we look at stewardship. So what I want to do is just ask this question, what does good stewardship look like? And uh, I want to walk through several different things. I don't think this is a cumulative, like full, complete list on what good stewardship looks like or try to pretend like I'm the foremost expert on what good stewardship looks like. But I want to look at some, some different scriptures and make a couple points and think about what good stewardship looks like. So first of all, good stewardship requires faithfulness. First Corinthians chapter 4 Verses 1 through 2, a person should think of us in this way, as servants of Christ and managers of the mysteries of God. In this regard, it is required that managers be found faithful. So good stewardship requires faithfulness. I love that Paul calls followers of Jesus managers of the mysteries of God. Managers of the mysteries of God. I want that on a business card. Like when somebody's like, what do you do? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm a manager of the mysteries of God. That would be so dope. It also kind of sounds like you work at the Ministry of Magic in Harry Potter. Um only Harry Potter nerds like me will get that. But either way, super dope. Like managers of the mysteries of God. Like what an honor to be a manager of the mysteries of God. It's important that we understand that we are being entrusted with the most significant message the world could ever hear. That God has appointed us and entrusted us with the mysteries that are him. The, the, the grandiose, amazing parts of God, the intimate, small parts of God's, the practical, tangible parts of God. He has entrusted us to be managers of the mysteries of God. The gospel has been given to us, not just for us, but for us to share. And we get the opportunity to faithfully do what God has asked us to do until every ear has heard. So, when we look at it through the lens of managing something for Jesus— I want to ask this question. What are we doing with what we've been given? What am I doing with what I've been given? What are we doing with the resources that we are given? That's the time that we've been given. That's the gifts that we've been given. That's the abilities, the the talents that we've been given. That's the finances that we've been given. What are we doing with the resources that we have been given? If If God were to show up today, would we say, I have managed the things that you have entrusted to me well, can we confidently say that? See, it's important that we understand that faithfulness is not passive. Faithfulness is active. It is actively stepping towards people. It is actively using the things that we have and doing what Jesus asked us to do. God could have, he could have chosen to engage the world solo, 
right? He could have created a bunch of people and he could have said, I want a personal relationship with you. And so what that's going to look like is that I'm going to speak to you and you're going to speak to me. And there's not really going to be any need for, for horizontal relationships that, that your peers, that, that, that family isn't going to matter, that the coworkers aren't going to matter. Really, the only thing that matters is you and me. But he didn't. He entrusted human beings to be managers of the mysteries of God because he knew for human flourishing that horizontal relationships were going to be so incredibly important. He wanted us to live life, but not just in one way, but in every way, in ways that that glorify him, in ways that bring life to us through our relationship with him, but also through relationship with others. So he has entrusted us, and that means that we get to be faithful with what has been entrusted to us. So good stewardship requires faithfulness. Next, good stewardship requires respect for the opportunity. Respect for the opportunity. Romans chapter 14, verse 12 simply says, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Each of us will give an account of himself to God. That verse by itself might stir a little bit of anxiety in you. I know that it has for me over the years as well, but it's important that we understand that our posture towards this conversation is going to change everything. If we are fearful because we see this as a a standing before God and listing off all of the mistakes that we've made through our lives, yeah, that's naturally going to be anxiety inducing. That is going to provide, or it's going to stir fear within us, but... If we see this as an opportunity to sit in front of our Father and get excited about what we did with our lives and what we did with what was entrusted to us, that should excite us. That should motivate us. Like, I I can't wait. Like, I want to have a posture. It's like, I can't wait to stand before the Father because, yes, I'm going to have sin to deal with, but I'm going to also be able to say, like, Lord, look what I did with what you gave me. The time, the the, the money, the the finances, the the gifts, the abilities, the talents, all of these different things. I cannot wait to stand before the Father. We see we serve a God of compassion and grace, and that doesn't mean that we don't need to be held accountable for our sin. We will be, but I firmly believe that God is going to be more interested in how we faithfully engage with the world than how we messed up, that he wants to hear the stories of our successes and our engagement with the world around us more than he wants us to sit in front of him and talk about all the ways that we messed up. We need, we need, we need, we need to live lives of repentance. There's no question about that. But would we also simultaneously live lives of action, lives that would constantly communicate that we love and respect God too much. We have respect for the opportunity to be entrusted with the mysteries of God too much to sit on our hands, that we will not be passive, but that we will actively step in and have so much respect for the opportunity that we could not possibly sit by and become passive. Next, good stewardship requires trusting the goodness of God. Okay, so if you go to Faith Chapel on the weekends, you know that Nate used this parable to teach his entire message, but I think that the story and I think that the one of the points that he made out of it are, are too important not to double down on. So Matthew chapter 25 has this parable. I won't read the entire thing, but it's simply this, is that a master gives three of his servants different bags of gold, one, five, one, two, one, one. When he comes back, he, his servant who had five doubled it. His servant with two doubled it. And his servant with one says, I know that you're a harsh man and you don't harvest where, where there's not going to be a, a, a a good harvest. I know that you're not going to, to sow the field where there's not going to be a good harvest. So what I did is I dug a hole and I buried it so that I could at least return this one bag to you. So out of fear, he buried what he had. 
I don't want to camp here for too long, but this point is too important not to, to, to look at again. How you view God will determine everything. How we view our master will determine everything. It will determine what we do with what has been given to us. If we believe that he's angry and looking for a re- reason to punish us, he, we are going to bury what we have and we're going to give in to fear and we are going to give in to, to operating out of passivity because we're too afraid to make mistakes. But if we believe that God is generous and that, that he has entrusted us with gifts for a reason because he believes in us, then we'll operate out of confidence in who God has called us to be. And I'm sure that you feel the same way that I feel about this, is that I want to be somebody who operates in the confidence that understands that God is good God is trustworthy, and because he's trustworthy, we can operate in the gifts and talents that he has given us. We don't have to bury those things and hope that, that, that we are the same person 15, 20, 30 years from now because we just want to make sure that we don't get worse, but that we'd be people like, no, I doubled down, I tripled down, I quadrupled down on what you've given me. I've become better. I've become more more influential in, in my friend groups and all of those different places. I have taken finances. I've taken time. I've taken resources, and I have exponentially made them more for the kingdom of God, not for my own benefit, but for the benefit of others. You see, he trusted you to do something with what he gave you. And we can trust that what he gave us is exactly what we need. Next, good stewardship requires gratitude. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Good stewardship requires gratitude. I wonder what would happen in our own lives and the lives of people around us if we understood, understood this truth. If we lived with the understanding that, that it all starts with Him. It all starts with him. Everything that we've been given, every perfect gift comes from him. I think it would change everything. I think if we could live lives of gratitude, if we could live lives that that constantly look to God with thankful hearts, it would kill a lot of our brokenness. That in our in our humanity and our brokenness and our fallibility, those things will still be present. But within those things, we'll get to see that God is still working and moving and there's something significant happening happening when we have hearts of gratitude. See, when I live with a posture of I did this or I earned this or this is mine, it's not yours, I don't steward anything well. I don't I don't even live well. I live close fisted, I live close hearted. But if I know that everything is his anyway, if I know that every perfect gift comes from him anyway, I live open-handed. I love open-handed. I live open-hearted. And that sounds like a much better life to me. Next, good stewardship requires wisdom. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 18 says, Pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time. Because the days are evil, so don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. This whole passage holds true. We live in a broken world, um, and drunk people make drunk decisions. Like, that's, there's no arguing that, right? Like, drunk people make drunk decisions. But we're not going to camp there. Where I want to sit is on the first couple ver- or first couple words and the last couple words. Pay careful attention and be filled with the Spirit. 
This passage starts, pay careful attention, and it ends, be filled with the Spirit. Pay careful attention, be filled with the Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit a lot last week, but but it's so crucial that we understand that we are to be people who pay careful attention and people who are in tune with the Holy Spirit. If we want to be good stewards with everything that we've been given, we have to understand that God is speaking to us. We have to be in tune with what God is saying. Solomon, often called the wisest man to ever live, attained the wisdom that he had by asking God for it, not just by gaining knowledge. He asked for wisdom. This is how he asked for it in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7-9. through 9. King Solomon says, Lord my God, you have now made, made your servant king in my father David's place, yet I am just a youth with no experience in leadership. Your servant is among your people you have chosen, a people too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant a receptive heart to judge your people and discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? See, this is really important for us to understand is that King Solomon didn't just ask for the gift. He asked for how to use it. He didn't say, just give me discernment, give me wisdom on how to judge people. He said, lead me and show me how you would have me use it. Good stewardship is asking for the ability to use what we have been given well, not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of others. It's not just about having wisdom. It's not just about having resources. It's not just having talent. It's not just having gifts. It is Asking for those things and saying, Lord, I want to use this for the kingdom of God. I want this to lead people into your presence so that they know that they're loved, so that they know that they're forgiven. How can we use what we've been given? Would we have prayers that aren't just for the gifts, but how to use those gifts for good and the good of others? And that leads us into the next point. Good stewardship requires care for others. Acts chapter 20, verse 25 excuse me, verse 35, says, In every way I've shown you that it is necessary to help the weak by laboring like this and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus because he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So good stewardship requires care for others. Good stewardship will lead us away from hoarding what we have. Remember, we're called to live open-handed, not closed-fisted. When we live open-handed, we have a posture where we come third, that our lives are about God, and then they're about others, and then they're about us. That we would focus on serving God, serving others, and then watching how that impacts our own lives. And when we live lives that truly share, show that we care for others, that account that we have to give before God, oh, it's going to be so good. If we commit our lives to stewarding what we have for the sake of others, we should be so pumped to stand before the Father and say, yeah, this is what I did. This is what I did. I hope I hope that it impacted people. I hope that people felt loved. I hope that people felt served. And Lord, I hope that you feel served because I was so focused on others, not on myself. And lastly, good stewardship is not temporary. Good stewardship is not temporary. Stewardship is not something that just happens in moments and is not something that just happens in seasons. It is a posture that we must live out every single day. First Peter chapter 4 verses 10 through 11. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others. As good stewards of the varied grace of God, if anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's word. If anyone serves, 
let it be from the strength God provides, so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So important that we understand that good stewardship is not temporary. We can be good stewards with the words that we speak. We can be good stewards with the actions that we take. We can be good stewards with the relationships that we have. We can be good stewards with the resources we have, the gifts, the abilities, all those things. Good stewardship is a lifestyle. It is a posture. See, with all of who we are and all that we have for all that we know, that we would be people who say, I'm going to be a good steward with my life because when we try to be good stewards in specific moments, when it's just here and there, good stewardship will not happen. But if we set a foundational expectation on our life that we will steward what God has given us in every season of our life, in every moment of our life, we start to see our lives change and we start to see the lives of the communities around us change. See, it will not happen unless we make a commitment to making our lives about managing what has been given to us. That we would be people who, who steward constantly, not in bits and pieces. That we would make conscious daily decisions. That, that when God says, Here, here's what I've entrusted to you, this is what I've given you, I want you to manage my mysteries, I want you to manage these gifts and these talents and these opportunities. I think that if we commit to doing that, we will without question stand before the Lord and hear, Well done, well done, good and faithful servant. You knew my heart, you trusted me, and you did something with it. And look at how the world was changed. And it might not be the whole world, it might be just your world. But if you could change the world around you, and you could lead people towards Jesus, man, what a celebration it's going to be when you stand before the Father. I hope that you're excited about standing before Jesus and giving an account about your life. I know I want to be excited about the account that I give of mine. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.